Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, Winnipeg's going to pull it off. 28-24 over Hamilton with about a minute 40 left. Hamilton started a drive on their own 15-yard line. They got down to the Winnipeg 22 with 14 seconds left. Jeremiah Masoli was sacked. He fumbled, and Winnipeg recovered. So they will put it away to get their first win of the year. They'll go to 1-2. and two. Hamilton, my preseason Grey Cup pick, will drop to 1-2. and two. Blue Jays losing 4-3 to the Detroit Tigers. That game is in the bottom of the eighth as, uh, yeah, now the game ends with a Winnipeg uh, kneel down. Toronto and BC coming up. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Wall-to-wall coverage of the Eskimos Riders game tomorrow. Uh, you're still going to hear from uh, Odell Willis, also from Shamad Chambers, as we uh, bring you a mix of current players involved in this rivalry and some voices from the past as well. And one of the greatest Rough Riders of all time, one of the greatest CFL players of all time, Dave Ridgway joins us now. Dave, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Well, fantastic. It's uh, it's great to hear from you. I appreciate you giving me a call. Yeah, well, thanks for making time for us tonight. Uh, man, we got a big game coming up between the, the Riders and the Eskimos, and uh, and you would have played a few of those uh, over the years, so we want to share some memories here with, uh, with a lot of fans. It, l- let me ask you this to start off with. What do you remember about uh, joining the CFL? How did you become a Saskatchewan Rough Rider originally? In 1981, I was drafted by uh, the Alouettes. When Scalvania, I believe, uh, had bought the team, and uh, that, that you're going to have to fact check. But I thought that he had bought that team, and of course he brought in a bunch of NFL guys, um, you know, Vince Farragamo, Billy White Shoes, on, on and on, Keith Gary, David Overstreet, and so on. And then I didn't end up meeting, making uh, the roster in '81. But the guy that was there was a guy by the name of Joe Scanella. And uh, Scanella was a friend of a guy by the name of Joe Farragelli who was in Saskatchewan. And even though I did not make the Montreal squad, um, he did put in a good word. And, of course, in 1982, I ended up going up to Saskatchewan and attending training camp with them. So that was an interesting time to join the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And... Because in the CFL, that was the end of the Eskimos winning five in a row and kind of the middle of a, of a long stretch of not making the playoffs for the Riders. I mean, they went from 77 to 87, didn't make the playoffs any of those years. So what do you remember about well, I, thought we, I thought you weren't going to bring up any bad 
Well, well, hold on. It gets it gets better for you guys in a few years. <laughs> but, but I mean, what do you what do you remember about? I mean, was there a rivalry at that time, or was was Edmonton just in kind of a a, a league of their you know, own? Truthfully, I mean, prior to that, obviously in the in the late seventies, I believe that they were uh, in a league of their own. You know, and as I look at uh, the progression of of the Eskimos while I was in the league, you know, you got it. Uh, you know, from Warren Moon, who was uh, really something to watch from the sideline uh, in the early 80s. They'd gone from Wilkinson to Moon, I think from Moon to uh, might have been Matt Dunnigan and then Dunnigan to Tracy Ham. I mean, the Eskimos always seemed to put a very capable guy at, at the pivot position. And, you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why they've been uh, a, a very good football team for as many years as, as they were. Dave Ridgway joining us tonight inside Sports on 630 Chet. So I, I said I would get to the good memories. Uh, <laughs> 1989, I, I guess kind of a average season. You went 9-9, nine and nine, but, man, you guys put it together. And in the West Final, you beat an Eskimos team that had gone 16-2 in the regular season. 32-21 was the final. What do you remember about coming into Commonwealth Stadium and winning that game? You know, I, I absolutely remember the fact that we weren't supposed to really be even in the ballpark uh, against those guys. But as the 89 uh, regular season started to you know, wind down for the Riders, I think our last game uh, of the regular season was up in Edmonton as well, and we absolutely got pasted. But we had had so many injuries uh, that we, you know, had to contend with as the year was winding down. But guys started to come back together and started to get back on the roster and get healthy. Guys like Ray Elgard, uh, Fairholme, uh, guys that really uh, ended up sort of having Hall of Fame careers, and they started to get healthy, and it certainly helped us during those 89 playoffs. All right, so you get that game, and then you guys go beat Hamilton in one of, if not the greatest cup game ever played, and you provided the winning margin, a 35-yarder as time ran out over what was, uh, you know, at, at that time, one of the, was a, was a pretty new building, Sky Dome, and it was, was then called, it just opened up. I mean, Hamilton had tied it about a minute earlier on that great catch by I mean, Tony Champion. I mean, what a game, and what's it like for you to be so heavily as- associated with that game and having made that, that huge kick? You know, I think that the way you worded that by saying how the fact that I'm heavily associated with it. Um, let's put it this way. 1989 was a lot of years ago, and uh, I still field interviews on it. Uh, they've written books about it. They've done this. They've done that. And it's really it's very flattering to be remembered. I think any ball player that you talk to, um, if you can find guys that, uh, for some reason, they're and I know you're going to bring up a really bad memory in a second, but, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it's nice to be associated with a game like that. You know, I think the right thing to do is say, hey, everybody had a great game. Um, look, I'm not going to lie. I would much rather we won by 14 or 17 points that day um, because, that, uh, you know, that gets to pucker up time when you've got two seconds left on the clock and your team has won a great after 26 years. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of pressure, and yes, it, you know, it's nice to be remembered for my part in that game, but boy, i tell you what, it was really nice to, to bring a great cup, because they've been few and far between. Nice to bring a great cup back to the people of Saskatchewan. 
In terms of that kick itself, were there any nerves? Because I know uh, as a kicker, you've you'd made thousands of kicks in games and and practice. Did you just fall back on that routine, or was it going through your mind what was on the line there? You know, I think that uh, I think that you get to the point. Uh, certainly, I was in my most productive years. If you go back to the All Star births and things like that, from '87 up through the early '90s. Um, you know, I had a very good run of, of great productivity and, and a great success ratio while I was on the field. Um, it, do you think about it? You know, I think you get into a situation where it is. It's muscle memory. You try to do the right thing. But, hey, I'm not going to lie. The first thing I said to Glenn, because, you know, Hamilton was talking to me and, and yapping in the sideline and whatever. But I said, hey, talk to me about something other than football. And, you know, he laughed. I kind of laughed. It took uh, took my mind off the moment, and the next thing you know, really, it's over and done with. Well, that was a big one, and you're right. I am going to get to another bad memory, unfortunately, <laughs> but it involves the Eskimos and the Rough Riders in, in a memorable game <laughs> in the West semifinal in 1992. Uh, again, you're in a situation right at the end to win it for your team. The Eskimos were up 22-20. And uh, you, you you slipped coming in for for the kick. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I should just end the interview right now. <laughs> just hang up on um, me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I tell you, it's kind of funny because even though I live uh, back in the U.S. now and have for a lot of years, um, that uh, that manages to show up on every uh, chat board or, or CFL uh, centric. Uh, internet board out there, it always comes up. You know, in reality, um, I would have loved to have had a different result. Yes, it was a semifinal. Yes, it was late in the game. But, you know, unfortunately, those things happen. Um, you know, I'm almost over it. How many years ago was that? <laughs> I'm almost <laughs> over it. I don't have as many dreams about it as I used to. Now I'm down to about three a week. Um you know, it's unfortunate, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that people get remembered for. Um, I hope that the majority of people understand there were more positives than that. You just hate to do it against a team like the Eskimos. Well, <laughs> fair, fair point. It's, it was that lousy grass at Commonwealth Stadium, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I, I'm not so sure. It, you know, it was one of those situations where it had uh, frozen and then it, they had uh, – uh, blown the, the hot air under there, and they they'd uh, thawed out the top inch and a half or whatever. But you know, again, sadly, those things go down um, in people's careers. I, I truly, I don't think anybody goes through a career entirely unscathed, you know, without any kind of negative experiences. So, you know, I guess I can deal with one of these days. Uh, well, hopefully my wife won't put on, on my tombstone, you know, better known for the slip. Oh, jeez. Uh, that, that, uh, that would be nice if I can put it to rest by then. But, you know, that, that rivalry, um, and certainly that one happened in the playoffs. But, boy, I tell you what, I always enjoyed whenever we were going to play in Edmonton. Um, I always enjoyed when, when the uh, golden and green ended up in, in Saskatchewan on Taylor Fields. Of course, it's mosaic now, but it'll always be Taylor Field for me. But, you know, it's a great rivalry. Um, if you look back to the 60s when Ronnie and George and those guys uh, were playing, and they, you know, they had great rivalry games with the Eskimos too. So 
I remember the guys like Dave Cutler and, and Larry Highbaugh and Warren and all those guys. And it's nice to have said that I was on the same field when they were out there because they certainly were a stacked team. Dave Ridgway joining us on Inside Sports. Dave, just a couple more for you. On a bit of a lighter note here, who was the first person to call you Robo Kicker? Do you remember? <laughs> you know, I honestly don't. Um, I think it was the uh, the uh, PA uh, system guy at uh, Taylor Field, and you know, it's a it's a very flattering nickname. However, it also put a lot of pressure on on me because uh, people expected that sort of robotic accuracy and. You know, over the course of my career, my accuracy was really good, but it still had put a lot of undue pressure. That's one thing I never did sign when anybody asked me if I would sign Robo Kicker. But, you know, I said, nah, I said, let's steer away from that. But, uh, you know, I mean, I would sign pretty much anything, but that was one I tried to avoid. But, you know, again, a flattering nickname. I think, you know, it, unless you're in wrestling, it's really nice. It's very cool to get a nickname. <laughs> I think everybody has them in wrestling. Yeah, I think that's mandatory in wrestling for sure. Uh, Dave, so great to talk to you. And, and before I let you go here, just let fans know what you're up to now. What's your post-football life like? You know, it's been great. I think the highlight, i got to tell you, the highlight of my post-career uh, life at this juncture is uh, my wife and I, uh, and I have four grandchildren. And uh, it, it's our whole lives revolve around it. We either drive south to Louisville, 45 minutes, or we go an hour and 15 minutes north to Indianapolis. We've got two in Indianapolis, and we've got two just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky. And our whole lives revolve around that, and it couldn't be more wonderful. You know, I wish I'd have been as good a parent as I am a grandparent, but I think as you get a little older, you start to realize what a wonderful gift uh, children are. And, uh, you know, so I have some regrets about the fact that, you know, you chase your career so much when you're younger, no matter whether it's sports or whether you're just an office guy or a doctor or a lawyer, whatever. But uh, my life is great. And, uh, again, it's probably because of those four little children that we get to see quite a lot. Dave, well said. Really appreciate that you would spend time for us, uh, spend time with us here on 630 Chet, and uh, looking forward to the game tomorrow. I hope you're able to keep an eye on it in Indiana. Yeah, I managed to find them online uh, fairly frequently, so I will be listening in. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to say I'll be pulling for the team that wears some green. <laughs> there we go. I think probably with the white shirts tomorrow. That is Dave Ridgway, robo-kicker. Great kicker for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, talking about some highs, talking about some lows from his great career. Will it be a great one tomorrow night? Will it come down to a kick at the end? Well, we want to send you to the game, 780-496-0063. We're going to do one of them deals where I ask you a trivia question live on air. Two tickets on the line when we get back. Call in now. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. By the way, if you want a good laugh, go to the 630 Ched YouTube channel. We got a series going on there called Discover the Quarry weekly videos featuring that great course in Northeast Edmonton. Thequarryedmonton.com is where you find them uh, online. I had a great lesson there with Taylor Sinski, the director of golf, a couple of weeks ago, which did help, even though I still lament my golf game. I saw and those. 
And uh, I'm, uh, I think I'm playing the quarry a week from today. That's right gonna, on. It's going to be fun. Good luck. Uh, yeah, check that out on the uh, 630Ched YouTube channel. Stay out of the rough and you'll be good. Yeah, well, that's most courses you can say yeah. that about. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give away two tickets to the Eskimos Rough Riders uh, game tomorrow. I'm making this one a little harder. you got to answer a question live on air with me. We're going to start with Tyler. Tyler, how are you doing, buddy? No, not too bad. Good. Are you, uh, are you, uh, uh, well, let me ask you this. Uh, are you over the age of 40? I am not. Okay. Well, I got a bit of a tough question for you, but I, because you're the first guy, I'm going to give you 20 seconds to answer it. Sound fair? Sounds good. We had Larry Ruck in studio. He has yeah. his number on the Eskimos Wall of Honor. What number did Larry Ruck wear? 20 seconds starts now. Okay. What number did Larry Ruck wear? Yes. Uh, let me see. Uh, linebacker. He's a linebacker? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Five seconds. Take a guess. Five seconds. Let's say... 73? Sorry, buddy. We got Glenn on the line. What number did Larry Ruck wear? Oh, just a wild guess. How about 47? That wasn't a guess, Glenn. You knew that. No, I didn't. <laughs> absolutely right. <laughs> Glenn, you won tickets. Have you been to an Eskimos game? Did you go to any last year? You know, I didn't. I've been out of the country quite a bit. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to... Um, donate them to a worthy cause sure. um, of your choice. All right. Yeah, we can, we'll can. Uh, we we'll figure something out, I guess. So is that going to work? Uh, well, on short notice, it might be tough. I don't I know. know. <laughs> I realize that. <laughs> I don't know what we can do. Uh, we'll, we'll figure something out, okay, Glenn? I would appreciate that. Okay. Thanks a lot, buddy. Uh, you know what? There's There are some things I can do with those uh, on behalf of Glenn, for sure. All right, uh, 780-496-0063. If you ever want to reach us, you can text 630-630. Larry Ruck did wear number 47. Still ahead, uh, Jim Hobson, former president and CEO of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And we'll talk to a young lady, oh, this is great, who wrote a play about being a Saskatchewan fan. All to get you ready for tomorrow's game. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Darius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Bowman. Toronto Blue Jays tonight, two in the eighth to pull it out, 5-4 over the Detroit Tigers. Troy Tulowitzki. Good night, two for four with three RBIs. He had a run driven in in the seventh and then two more in the eighth to help the Jays to victory. They're doing pretty well lately. 28-24, Winnipeg winning in Hamilton in the CFL. This portion of Inside Sports is presented by Action Furnace.
Home of the fixed right or it's free guarantee, you can visit actionfurnace.ca. Eskimos and Rough Riders, yes, tomorrow night, the Brick Field at Commonwealth. We'll be into the first quarter, 24 hours from now. Uh, tell you what, uh, a guy who did a great job running the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, in fact, he wrote a book about it. Jim Hobson, former president and CEO of the team, joins us right now. Jim, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. Yeah, great to have you back on the show. And, uh, man, you are, uh, you are a busy man, and you can now include author on, uh, on your resume. Running the Riders, that's the name of the book, man. How, what was the process yeah. like of getting that done? Well, it was interesting. Daryl Davis, uh, you probably know Daryl, uh, writer, uh, the sportscaster, and so on. He, he said he would help me, and, uh, I, but he said, you have to write the book. He said, I'll just help you organize it and do some fact-checking and so on. So I sat down and started to write and literally wrote it longhand on pen and paper, and, and Daryl said he could read my writing. So we had a lot of fun doing it, and, and the fans encouraged me, and I talk a lot about the you know, the fans, and, and but I talk about, you know, some of the tough things we had to do with voice shivers and, and so on, and it turned out to be a lot a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. You know it's okay to to type now, right, Jim? <laughs> I know it is, and, and I, you know, the problem was, and I do, and I have an iPad and I BlackBerry and computer and all that stuff, I just couldn't seem to, it didn't. It didn't flow for me, and uh, I guess maybe because I'm an old educator, teacher, and I, and I was used to writing, and so it, it just seemed to flow a lot better when I was able to sit and write, and uh, and uh, went well, uh, enjoyed it. Uh, the hard part about a book isn't writing it so much as going out and promoting it, <laughs> and so we did that a lot in the fall, and I'm doing a little bit again this summer. Well, right on. Now, full disclosure here: this book is on my to-read list. I haven't got there yet, and and uh, I, you know, you you wrote everything down, so I don't expect you to t- to tell stories from it. But, uh, but you know, word, word for word necessarily. But when when you're doing, that, I mean, ten years in an organization, there there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. How did you balance? All right, I want to tell fans things that maybe they didn't know, or give them details of the inner workings of a sports franchise. How did you balance that with? Okay, maybe I had conflict with this person, or was in a touchy situation, and I don't want to come off as I'm, you know, beating them down or, or taking shots at them. How did you balance those two things? Well, I was—I didn't want it to be a tell-all, throw people under the bus. Uh, I had no no access to grind, no grudges. My ten years were wonderful. We, you know, we went to the Great Cup four times and won two of them, and a lot of good things happened. So I had no reason to be bitter. But I wanted to be honest, and so when I talked about Roy, I, I, I really liked Roy Shivers. I, you know, he's a very likable guy, uh, very engaging, very funny, very honest. He didn't seem to like me quite as much, but of course, uh, I was the guy that fired him, and and so on. But I talked about Roy and what it was like behind the scenes, and and how he, uh, he was a great storyteller, and so on, and and and, uh, and then I talked about you know the process when I decided it was time to make a change and. Uh, that was one of the stories where I, I talked about, you know, I actually was out looking as to, okay, if I'm going to fire Roy, who's going to replace him? I, it was going to be my first, and, and if it wasn't the right decision, it would probably be my last big decision with the riders. And so I wanted to make sure I had somebody to come in, and it turned out that Eric Tillman was available, and I talk about that and, and how Eric told me that if he made a coaching change, he was going to hire Kent Austin, and I went, oh, my God. Because Kent didn't leave Regina uh, in Saskatchewan on, on good terms, but it turned out to be a, a brilliant hire, and uh, he led us to the 2000 Grey Cup. So I talk about those things and, you know, the funny stories, the fans. Uh, of course, 
Oh nine, you know the the thirteenth man. Uh, that was a heartbreaker, and so there's lots of lots of fun things to talk about. And uh, my my friends and, and even people that only know me from the book have said it's like sitting with me and and I'm telling stories, and that's kind of what I wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you mentioned the thirteenth man, and, and and look, hey, I'm I'm guilty of it as well. It's something that obviously it. Uh, that that the team has been ridiculed for, and it kind of sticks with the team. Even though, as you mentioned, you, know, you guys were one of the best teams in the league over that decade span. You were there. Was was that it, was that the, the the toughest thing to swallow out of everything you experienced in your decade there? At the time, it was. You know, that was a heartbreaker. Um, and and yet, I think in retrospect, I don't know if it was the toughest thing. In many ways. I had a lot of people tell me after that happened that we had to get rid of the, the slogan the thir- that the Ryder fans were the 13th man. And, and I said, no, that's who, we, who they are. It's who we are. It defines us, and, and we're going to grow from this and, and, and not, let it, uh, not let us drag us down. And, you know, we moved on. The fans, the fans were great. I thought uh, we'd really face a lot of, of, of criticism and, and ridicule and so on. And, and in some quarters we got that, but not from our fans. The fans were really, really supportive, and, and uh, they were heartbroken, of course. <laughs> We'd only won two great cups up to that point in our history. So it was tough, but uh, uh, I think my wife took it harder than I did. Uh, she was heartbroken over it. and uh, But I started thinking right away about, okay, how do we bounce back? How do we get back to the great cup? And we were back the next year, and, and then we won it home in 13. So, But that was a, that was a tough, tough time. But uh, you know, the, the 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 good times are made better by the tough times. I think you you appreciate them more. Jim Hobson joining us on Inside Sports tonight, former CEO of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Of course, if uh, you want to check out the book, it is called Running the Riders: My Decade as CEO of Canada's Team. Jim, what what does it mean to you when you see Edmonton and Saskatchewan paired up on the schedule? I mean, it happens two or three times every year, but it's uh, it always seems to be a special date. It is, and I and I uh, I've had a love hate relationship with the Eskimos for the past forty years. Um, when I played back in the seventies, uh, they were the team that stopped us from going to the Great Cup in in uh, seventy three, seventy four, seventy five, and we had a great rivalry. We were a very good team. We had Ronnie Lancaster and George Reed. Edmonton was a very good team, and uh, they they were the the team we couldn't get past, and we finally got past them in seventy six, and and went and played in Toronto and lost to Ottawa in the last minute. It's another heartbreaker. But so I have those memories and uh and and I remember, you know, playing against guys like Ronnie Este and Dave Fennell and Bruce Smith and so great memories in some ways but tough memories in others. And uh, I when I first took over the job with the Riders so I used to tell my staff in, in meetings that I wanted to be the Edmonton Eskimos. I wanted to have that sustained excellence that they had had for so long and the success off the field. And so there was, you know, while I had the uh, the bad memories, I, I had great respect for what the organization had done over a long period of time. And then, of course, it, it's funny how life works. We, we started getting better in, in uh, the middle of the... 2000, 2005, six, and then seven, we won the Great Cup. And after 05, the Eskimos kind of went on a downward spiral, and then we're in that for almost 10 years before they they had some some improvements, but they, they bounced back finally, and now they're they're a very very good team, always a very very good franchise. And 
I, I really looked forward to going up to Edmonton because uh, I would always expect to see about 40 to 50% of the fans dressed in green and white. So great rivalry. Uh, Rick Lawlisher, the former president, is a very good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, I have lots of, of friends in the Eskimos, but <laughs> they were a, a hated rival, to be very honest. <laughs> well, nobody, nobody hates teams that aren't successful. You know what I mean? So exactly. maybe maybe that's your legacy, Jim, is that during your decade with the Riders, they became more hated than, <laughs> than maybe at any other point in your life. <laughs> I've said you that. You know, that it's funny. <laughs> I, I, it used to really tick me off. You know, I'm a, I'm born and raised in Regina, Saskatchewan, and, 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 you know, grew up with the Riders, played with the Riders, so it's been part of my life. But I was so tired of us being the lovable losers. You know, when we when I sweat back as president, I said, I, I want to be hated. I want to be the Edmonton Eskimos, the Montreal Canadiens, you know, because of, of the fact you win. And people didn't didn't uh, didn't hate us because, you know, we great fans and tried hard but never won. And, and uh, so I, I was glad when, when that turned around and our fans weren't quite so popular anymore, and we started getting a lot of heat. We'd get, you know, and going to Edmonton, and people start giving you grief. And but I got to the point that I had I, I couldn't sit in the stands anymore because uh, <laughs> because the, the friction would start. So no, it's good. Uh, and of course, last year it was a horrible year for the Riders, and and so people we weren't quite as hated. But I, I hope that. Uh, with Jones and crew, that uh, they'll bounce back this year and get get back to uh, being one of the top teams again. Jim, before I let you go, I, I mean, in the book is uh, you know the subtitle is is of the book is my my decade running Canada's team, and, and we know that uh, the reach this team has. You, you mentioned the the Riders fans that that come out to games when they are a visitor in the other eight cities in the Canadian Football League. What was your experience of of the reach? of Rider Nation. I mean, did you ever meet somebody from another country or another part of the world or something where you were just like, I, 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 I can't believe it. How, how do we, how, how do we, how did we resonate? How did we reach this person in wherever they might have been? All the time. It was amazing to me. And the longer I was in the job, the more I saw we, you know, you'd, you'd have fans, one of the people at the stadium that had flown in from England or, or somewhere to it was on their bucket list. They wanted to go to a game at Mosaic Stadium. Uh, we had fans send us pictures from the top of Mount Kilimanjaro and, and uh, uh, you know, the rainforest in, in South America and in their rider gear. And, and I really, it really hit home for me. My daughter was teaching in Korea, and uh, I, I went over to visit her, and this was, this was just after we won the Grey Cup in, in 07, and the, the, the fandom was starting to really build and uh, walked into this little uh, bar. Actually, it was upstairs and walked up, and there was a, there was a rider flag hanging on the wall. And uh, I said to the to the uh, waiter, I said, you guys rider fans? They said, and it's true story. He said, well, I'm from Edmonton, so I, Edmonton's my team, but we kind of like the riders too. And he said, we got a lot of fans over here. So I, I told him, well, I'm the president of the riders. So, you know, and here we are in Korea, in Seoul, and uh, so that's kind of the, you know, the the the, uh, the spread of, of, of Rider Nation has just been incredible, and people love it. And of course, you know, we we've led the league for years now in in merchandise sales, number three brand in Canada after uh, the Canadians and the um, and the Leafs, and of course the Oilers fans. And I'm an Oilers fan, by the way, and and I and I, I actually think that this year is going to be a very good year, but. You know, it's kind of like a leaf fan. Every year it's going to be the year, right? <laughs> right. 
<laughs> well, Jim, I, I can't wait to read the book, and you're always such a, a gentleman to talk to. And uh, hey, 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 everybody knows uh, I, I can be a bit of a troll with Rider Nation, but I respect their passion, and I know it's going to be fun tomorrow. So uh, I hope we well, can do this again. Yeah, I'd like to. You know, I, I, now that I'm away from the team, I when I go to games, I stand back and watch our fans sometimes, and I think, yeah, I could see us irritating <laughs> some other people because we're so passionate, and you know, the green paint and the white paint. By the way, the book's available at driverworks.com if you want to order it online, and we also sell it in all of our writer stores. So uh, if if you're around, and uh, uh, thanks for having me, I really enjoy talking about uh, uh, the old days with the S and the and the riders. Excellent stuff. That is Jim Hobson, former president and CEO of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, played for the team as well. He's there. You heard him say it. I see Rider fans now. I know we can be irritating to other teams, but uh, I'm sure there will be some irritation both ways tomorrow night at the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Tell you what, uh, caller number 2-780-496-0063 will win four tickets to the game on Monday between Canada and China. Women's Olympic basketball tune-up between the two teams. 7 o'clock Monday, tip-off for that. 780-496-0063. And we'll talk to a performer who calls herself Rider Girl when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Riley ready to rock and roll against the Riders tomorrow night. 6-3 BC up on Toronto, their game in Vancouver. And earlier tonight, it was uh, Winnipeg winning 28-24 in Hamilton. The Blue Jays pulled it out 5-4 against the Detroit Tigers. We've been wall-to-wall with Eskimos and Riders storylines tonight, and this one is pretty unique. I want to welcome to the show... Colleen Sutton. Colleen, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Doing very well. Some people have probably seen you perform. You've been to the last, uh, I don't know what, two or three Edmonton Fringe Festivals with your play Rider Girl. Tell us about it. Yeah, yeah. I was fortunate enough to get the show to Edmonton twice. I premiered at the Winnipeg Fringe Festival in 2012 and uh, went on a rather extensive tour in 2013, mostly through um, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Also got it to a bit of Ontario, too. Um, more touring in 2014. And, uh, yeah, it's a 80-minute one-woman show that I wrote about uh, my journey as a writer fan and how, it, uh, how the love of the game bled into my life, giving me the passion, uh, the courage to follow my passion and choose that over paycheck. <laughs> um, now, who who you, you perform all over? Who comes to this play? Rider fans, people who hate oh, the riders, like who? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I I I'm, I get uh, I certainly get also non football fans, but um, my the the target demographic really is is any CFL fan. And whenever I've done the show, I've always um, offered a discount uh, whenever possible to any CFL fan. So as long as you come representing in some form. It could be a hat, a t-shirt, a jersey, uh, a pin. Whoever your team is, you get in. Um, my mentality there is it's like the Grey Cup because I just love how at the Grey Cup Festival everybody wears um, wears their colors no matter no matter how their team fared that season. Everyone represents. And I just love the CFL so much, so that's always been the name of the game. So I've had all sorts. And depending where I am, you know, I'll, I'll 
depends on the turnout, but obviously there's always a, a nice crop of ride fans <laughs> that make it out. <laughs> uh, how, how much, I mean, is this completely autobiographical? Autobiographical? Is it fiction and, and reality combined? How did you approach it? It's autobiographical, um, but there's just some uh, timeline things, if you will, that have been uh, adjusted for the sake of, of story. Uh, but for the most part, it's uh, it's true. Everything everything that happened uh, happened to me uh, happens happens in the show, uh, covering ninety three to two thousand nine. Wow. Well, why? What? I mean, a lot of us are are sports fans, but mm-hmm. y- you don't put our stories on paper or on stage. What made you think I got to get this out? You know, I uh, there were a few inspiring factors for me. One was uh, I live in Ontario now. I have for a number of years. And at the time, anyway, because I don't want to upset anybody out here right now, but at the time when I first moved here, there was a noted uh, difference um, between for, for CFL passion, if you will. I really felt like um, uh, an odd duck. People would look at me funny when I was uh, asked for the bar to turn on the CFL game. Um, uh, I remember, too, I had a job out here in the summer, and uh, I'd be in the... I'd be in the TV room, and all my other fellow employees would turn their head and like, "Why are you watching that?" And that, which I'm not used to, right? Back home, and this isn't just for Saskatchewan; it's Edmonton too. It wouldn't be uncommon for for people to be gathering around to watch the game. Mm-hmm. So that always uh, bothered me, and uh, I wanted to. Um, I, whenever I watched a game at uh, a game on television, I, I not only felt home in terms of getting closer to Saskatchewan, I felt home there was such an identity of that for me so when i became a performer i really wanted to write about that and hope hopefully those that didn't get my cfl passion um would would perhaps begin to get an inkling of why i love the game uh, so much and also i just realized sports whether you i've definitely had people that aren't necessarily cfl fans but they are a sports fan and the, the show also speaks to them as well it's a, about fandom, really, and how it how would it can affect our lives in such positive ways. Uh, Colleen, I'm I'm into the last uh, couple of minutes of the show here, but just before I let you go, is it true uh, it must have gone well because I heard you're working on a sequel? Yeah, yeah, I'm writing a sequel this, uh, this summer, and actually the first show um, uh, is getting published by uh, uh, by the Canadian Theatre Review, so it's going to be in print as of next year. Oh, awesome! Okay, yeah, well, that's yeah, incredible. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting. So are you going to watch the game tomorrow? You bet, of course. <laughs> okay. Uh, Colleen, uh, what's your website? Uh, ridergirl.com. Ridergirl.com if you want to learn more about the show. Thanks for making time for us here on Inside Sports on Chet and Edmonton, Colleen. Great stuff. Oh, my pleasure, Reed. Thanks so much. That is Colleen Sutton checking in tonight. Writer and star of uh, Rider Girl. Yeah, she hit the Edmonton fringe the last couple of years. Cool story. Cool rivalry, isn't it? The, f- the Flames have been fanned with all the Chris Jones stuff. Yeah, it's going to be fun tomorrow night. It's on Chad. 6 o'clock pregame show, 8 o'clock kickoff, the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Besides Colleen, thanks to Jim Hobson, Dave Ridgway, Bill Manchuk, Larry Rock, Stu McDonald, Kurt Price, Dave Campbell. You also heard from Darius Bowman, Mike Riley. More coverage on our Eskimos page on 630Ched.com. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. The studio producer this evening, Kellen Kennedy. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll see you at the stadium tomorrow night. Have a good one. Just a boat out of the ocean.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.